0: everyone, welcome back to another Right Way episode. On today's amazing interview, there are gonna be four people. There are gonna be a lot of voices. I'm warning you. So I'm doing this intro so we can have a nice solo <laughs> introduction to these two amazing guests. Today, Joe and I talked to Sherry Medini and Carissa Tunis, who are the co-authors of the amazing book and super relevant book, if I might add, Parenting. While Working From Home, a monthly guide to help parents balance their careers, connect with their kids, and establish their inner strength. Boom. I mean, that is such a relevant topic. I feel like in you know, just the last year, year and a half, so many parents have been forced to homeschool their children if that, you know, when that wasn't really part of their plan and they're working from home. And so their home environment becomes the classroom, the office, <laughs> uh, the quote unquote, like romantic space, the logistical space. So the way their book is divided is so digestible and so approachable and tactical and strategic. It is just such an incredible book. Um, we had such a fun conversation today, just diving into all of that and how they actually pivoted their incredible, successful weekly newsletter called Adore Them Parenting. And you can sign up for that at adorethemparenting.com. Um, they send out the most incredible weekly tips and things to do with your kids and just, they go so far beyond typical parenting newsletters. Um, But they talked today about, you know, how they created the newsletter, yes, but also how they Landed their book deal and the crazy, crazy path to publication that they had. They had such a a short period of time, and we really talk about today like capitalizing on those trends. So there are so many traditionally published authors or people who want to be traditionally published but they don't want to wait on the industry. They don't want to wait, you know, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months for their book to come out. And today's guests are kind of a masterclass in what happens when the industry comes calling to you because you have a very trendworthy relevant topic, such as parents working from home. So sometimes, not always, but sometimes publishers can fast track your book and get it to market in a quicker capacity, which is why it's so important to capitalize on what is happening in the news, what is happening with your brand or business, and the way that you can sometimes pivot that into an actual book or book deal um, with six kids between both Sherry and Carissa. Um, they both have over a decade of work, like work from home experience with children. Um, and again, they just love sharing strategies that do help fellow parents minimize the overwhelm while trying to juggle it all. And, you know, for me, this was such a fun personal interview because I'm there. I am their target client. I am their target reader. So if you have kids and you're working from home and you might be wanting to publish a book, but you're so overwhelmed and don't know how to do it, this is the interview for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this amazing interview with Sherry Medini and Carissa Tunis. Hey guys, welcome to Right Way, a podcast where we give you insight to make informed decisions about your writing career. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, multi published author and CEO and founder of Right Way.
1: And I'm Joe Tower, writer, media producer, and Right Way's executive editor. On this podcast, Rhea and I will take an inside look at the publishing industry with honest and straightforward shop talk.
0: So when you do get published, you'll know exactly what to do the right way. Okay, so ladies, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I, Joe can attest to this, but (laughs) I have literally wanted to have a podcast episode for parents, by parents, about parenting for so long. So this is completely perfect timing. That's um, but amazing. I, <laughs> I'd love to first have you both give us a little bit of background about the two of you, kind of how you you met and started working together, and why you decided to write parenting while working from home. If it was spawned by COVID, or were you, you know, kind of thinking about this idea beforehand?
2: Yeah. Carissa, do you want to jump in with our, you know, how we met story? (laughs)
1: Sure,
0: Um,
3: I'm
2: sure you're sick of telling it, but it's new to us. One more time.
0: Um,
3: (laughs) No, we actually met on the playground. Um, A mutual friend introduced the two of us and we had kids similar ages and um, just started chatting. And one day decided that we wanted to start this side project of starting a parenting website that was dedicated to sharing positive parenting solutions and tips and advice. We found that a lot of the other popular parenting sites, um, it, they were offering a lot of information, but it had a kind of a snarky undertone to it and it was mixed mm. with humor And the more we read that, the more we found that we were getting annoyed with little things our kids were doing, or it just wasn't producing a positive mindset. Mm -hmm. And so we decided that we wanted to be very intentional with what, um, the content that we were creating and putting out. So we ended up, um, reaching out to a bunch of parenting experts across the country, um, that weighed in on popular parenting topics. And we started our website, adore them parenting and, Um, After four years of uh, growing that and having articles published around the country and even in other countries, we decided it was time to write a book.
1: Oh, amazing.
3: That's amazing.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. excellent. That's such a, like a organic and, uh, and progressive process, I feel like. And also amazing. I feel that you, you really invested time into making sure that you were intentional, like making sure that the intent intention was in the right place. Uh, I just love that. Um, Absolutely. obviously, uh, we want we'll, we'll want to talk a lot about, um, uh, Uh, parenting like like as Rhea said I'm the only person on this podcast episode (laughs) right now who is free uh to uh to uh, who's not a parent but I'm I'm also very intrigued on how you guys survive and thrive um but and we'll also our,
2: help you with the work from home aspect. If uh, you're oh, juggling you that, go. we won't there leave you, you out. Go.
1: So it's perfect. I really appreciate that kind of inclusivity. Um,
2: <laughs> but our audience,
1: you know, is primary. A, a lot of our, our listening audience is going to be uh, writers, uh, aspiring writers, aspiring authors who are looking to get published both nonfiction and fiction. And so we're um, wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your path to publication. Did you write a book proposal first for the book? Did you get an agent? How exactly did it work?
2: Yeah. So we had a wheel, a whirlwind of an experience. We were querying agents for over a year. Wow. Um, and May of 2020, you know, when nothing else was going on, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, we ended up getting an offer of representation from our amazing literary agent, and it was off to the races. So awesome. she was wonderful, um, really helpful in figuring out, you know, where. As, as most writers know, I mean, there's no shortage of ideas. We can take mm-hmm. it this way. We can do it this way. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk to five different people, they might want a slightly different angle. Um, so she was really helpful in helping us figure out what's needed in the yeah. market right now. And you know, the question that you're always asked is why are you, why are you the right people to write this book? And it was helpful to have an outside person, you know, Carissa and I work together day in and day out every day for the last four years. We know each other. We know, you know, what we think works, but it's helpful to have that outside person say, "Mm, I think you should pitch it this way. Mm. So end of May, we signed with her. We got to work on those sample chapters and putting together the book proposal. Mm -hmm. And we went on submission um, shortly after. We ended up getting an offer from a publisher end of July. Um, Carissa's fourth baby was three weeks old. Oh! (laughs) Oh my goodness. And they wanted a different book than what we had pitched them Mm -hmm. so parenting while working from home was one of our ideas other book ideas that we had listed in our book proposal and they said we want that one Mm -hmm. it's needed right now Um, and we need it in a month Oh um <laughs> if you
0: oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, if Jesus. you can
2: do it, because we, you know, as you guys know, the traditional publishing world, we were looking at like a january 2022 <laughs> yes exactly. update. yeah. Right. yeah. Yep. And they were like, no, no, let's do it. january twenty twenty one, we can make it happen if you can make it happen. And how are you supposed to say no to that? I mean, this was like a dream, right? That you' just mm-hmm. like, OK it's going to be nuts. And on my end, I was like, if Carissa's saying yes to this a <laughs> <the> three years old baby, <laughs> oh, then yeah. I have no excuses. We will There's make it happen. There's a barometer for you right there. Yeah. 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 I'm like, no complaints. I will make it happen. I'm at least sleeping at night right now.
3: Um, but, but Sherry, you and I had a very serious conversation yes. before accepting. I mean, you were very kind and considerate and said, you know, we both had to be on board and you were you you let that up to me to figure out if I, if I could make that work or not, and I, I told fully, Sherry I, I said I, if she if she can jump in and pick up like wh- when I physically can't, you know, yeah. um we we were determined to try to make it work, and we did. Uh,
0: yeah, it was amazing. You know, and that's so interesting because you're with Skyhorse, correct? Correct. Yeah. Well, so I have an interesting story about them because I when I wrote I've written nonfiction, but when I decided to return to fiction at the, you know, I got my agent in like 2017, my book came out in 2018, but I wrote that book. I happened to write that book in a month and wow, which was crazy fast, but I didn't have, you know, a deadline. I didn't yet have a deal. And when my, my book kind of got in a bidding war, went to auction, it was super exciting, but Skyhorse was one of the publishers and I loved the editor there, she's no longer there, but I had such a hard time deciding between the two because they were kind of promising some really awesome <laughs> things. Yeah. But um, can you talk a little bit about, because I know what it's like to try to work, write a book in a month, but when you're working with someone else, you know, how did you divide and conquer? Did you set a word count per day? How did you guys collaborate? Because I think a lot of people would love to to co-author potentially, but they're not really sure how that works, especially on such a condensed timeline,
2: yeah. So thankfully, because of the website and because our daily life is writing collaborative collaboratively together, whether that's social media or email newsletters or yeah. articles for publication, um, we we've been doing that. So we really got to a good point where we we understand. You know how to edit each other's work. (laughs) We understand how to add to each other's work. We've really been able to mesh our two voices together. Mm -hmm. Um, So going into it, I mean, we had a very detailed outline and the way that our book is broken down, each chapter is a different month of the year. Mm -hmm. So we wanted something that would be very easy for parents to be able to like pick up and, and get something helpful and put it back down and revisit later. Mm -hmm. But also Parenting in July is very different than parenting in December. Exactly, so. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right, Joe? You know that, Joe. Yeah, right, I, Joe?
1: I, mm-hmm. I, I have to say I'm very familiar with that, yeah. Uh, July perfect. July and December, also very different for me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but... Within that, within each chapter, we have a section for you as the parent, that personal growth, that self-care. We have that section for the kids, those kid activities, kind of that parenting, those parenting challenges that come up, and a work from home section. So more of the career advice kind of thing. So since we had such a detailed breakdown... We looked at that, Carissa and I looked at that and we were like, okay, I'm really inspired to write that one or I have a lot of ideas for this one. So we split them in half and um, you know, one of us would start with one half and the other started with the other half and got all our ideas out and then flip-flopped and, oh, wow. and just switched and anything we wanted to add or edit, um, we kind of built off of it from there. I don't know if you have anything
3: to add from your perspective to Carissa. I mean, yeah, that's really how it happened. Um, But till it was all said and done, Sherry and I each read and edited and touched every part of the book. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're reading, you know, the chapter of May, um, maybe one of us started with it, but till it was finalized, we both were happy with everything that was in it. And I I will say too, like, because we get asked a lot about being co-authors and how that works. And especially because we live far apart from each other, Mm -hmm. we're not even in the same state. I used to live in Pennsylvania when we first started adore them. Um, Mm -hmm. and we actually only lived 10 minutes down the road from each other, but we hardly ever saw each other because (laughs) we had little toddlers at home. Mm -hmm. So, um, Mm -hmm. it was easier for us to just each work, um, at home in our own space when our kids were entertained or napping or whatever, and just work. Um, we use like Google docs a lot or emailing or we're always on the phone with each other. And so when I moved away, um, our working relationship didn't change at all. And then for writing this book, you know, we basically just took what we had been doing for the website and continued running, um, with our prog with our productivity, um, that way, you know, the way that we work through things.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And can I say too, I really, I do want to point, I think the structure and Rhea and I talk about this stuff all the time because, uh, you know, kind of the bread and butter of our business at right way is, is working with clients who are in fact building book proposals. I think the structure of the month to month is such love a it. brilliant, yeah. I love it. And you, you, you have a kind of an introduction in, in the top of the book about how it's organized. Do you encourage readers? Do you encourage parents to in fact, jump in, like jump into whatever month you're in? like flip to July. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's so brilliant. It
2: it was really fun to, it also helped us organize our ideas so we could put ourselves in that moment in time, like, okay, what is coming up in April? Like, what's that that shift? It's getting warmer. There's kind of this boost in energy. Like, how can we capitalize on that? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was really fun to organize. Otherwise it's like, okay, we have a million ideas. (laughs) what do we do with them? Um, but it's also, I mean, in our table of contents, that was something that we wanted that we do list out all of the topics that we touch on. So let's say you are struggling with, you know, sibling rivalry, you can jump right to that, like, go for it, do, do what works for you. Um, But we were also able to include journaling prompts throughout the book. So Mm -hmm. each month starts with monthly intentions. You know, it's kind of organized in that way that what what do I want to accomplish? What's going to be the focus for this month? And then at the end of the month, those monthly reflections to make sure, because I know I've experienced this, where You know, I I snap my fingers and it feels like six months have gone by and I'm still having the same issues and same challenges and I haven't, you know, I'm like beating my head against the wall with something that's not working. So how do we get in those checkpoints that if something's working, let's acknowledge that and keep doing it. But if it's not, we need to find a different solution
0: completely. And I have to say, so I deal with a lot of parenting books. I've read a lot and you're right about like the snarky tone. And I mean, I'm, I'm totally guilty of that. Um, and just being very humorous about parenting in general, but I feel like if you're really searching for a book to help you, to help your kids, the thing I noticed about the layout was how organized it was and how it was not overwhelming at all. And I felt Mm. like you, you really have takeaways that you can implement, especially with the layout, like the focus on you, the connect with your kids, work from home. I love those like actionable little tidbits, which is amazing. But one of my questions, just being a parent and being so busy and running a company and being an author and doing all these things, how can we stick to that implementation and really make it part of our lives when we're in the middle of just you know, just kind of overwhelm stress, everybody's been stuck at home. Um, How do you really make this a daily practice?
2: Carissa, do you want to run with that a little bit with your picking days? <laughs> She's Tell like, I need all the help.
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I have four kids. Sherry and I are running a website. You know, we're writers and it's just, it is a lot to juggle a lot. And, um, you know, it's blissful chaos a lot of times in our house. Mm-hmm. But, Um, I will say I, I have a couple strategies that I have implemented over the years and um, we dive a lot deeper into this in the book as well. But um, I got to a point where when um, I still had three toddlers at home and was trying to get adore them going, um, I realized if I was trying to be mom and take care of my kids and keep a clean house and work on the website, if I was trying to do all of these things, I wasn't fulfilling any one of them 100%. And I would get very frustrated with myself, just feeling like I was not um, excelling in the way that I knew I was truly capable of. And so I kind of had to take a step back. And even though every day I have to wash bottles, I have to prepare lunches, you know, I have to respond to work related emails. I, I tried to give myself an overall focus for the day. And by simplifying that, it kind of allowed me to put all my priorities in line. Um, So I have three areas of focus. I have um, my my family, um, my work, and the house. And so, if it is a house day, that means that um, yes, in between washing bottles and responding to emails, I am starting a load of laundry. I am washing the dishes in the sink. I'm vacuuming. I'm doing all those you know quick jobs that I can do, or, or longer jobs, but working at it all day long in between things. If it is a family day, I try to be very intentional about getting done what needs to get done but only the bare minimum, and spending the rest of the time running around outside with my kids, doing something fun with them, going to the park or the playground. Um, I feel like if I can give them that undivided attention for a longer span of time, they are much more likely than to let me work when I need to make it a work day. And then on those work days, I am focused on my laptop. Like I will go meet the kids needs and make them lunch and do that kind of thing. But I will let the dishes pile up a little bit in the sink and not feel guilty about it. If I don't get to do any cleaning that day, that's fine. It is a work day and that's my focus. And just by doing that, when I look at the week as a whole, I am Getting all of my things done that I need to get done, but I am making a different priority each day. If that makes sense. So, Absolutely.
0: do you <laughs> have help with that? Because I'm like, whoa, 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 a house that day? juggling like, act. My, is my, my husband does the laundry, the dishes. Like I work so much that I, it's it's not very fair the way we split it up. But I'm like, I I that's where my overwhelm comes in. Because I'm like, I cannot give my attention to all of these things. So I like the idea of, of like cutting them up, but do you have help or?
3: I do not. I mean, my husband is a wonderful help. And sometimes I would pick like a Saturday or a Sunday and make that my Mm -hmm. house day. And then- all the kids have assignments, you know, my husband's helping out and we'll spend one day and tackle the house. And, you know, till Tuesday or Wednesday, it's back to kind of falling apart again, but it's the season of life (laughs) always. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's just the older the kids get and the more independent they get, the easier they become. Um, I, but my kids range from 12, all the way down to eight months old. So we're, we have a lot going on, but it's the stage of life we're in. And, you know, in five years from now, I'm not going to remember if all the dishes were always yeah, washed and put totally. away. I'm going to remember how much time I spent with my children and the fun memories we were able to create. Mm-hmm. So I try to put it in perspective that way as well.
0: Well, but can I, I, sorry, Joe, I just no, got this right. joke. Like I joke to Joe all the time that I live inside of a trash can and that my <laughs> eight-year-old daughter has suddenly become Cause I thought like when she was a toddler, when she was two or three, like this is the worst it's going to be. This is the messy it's going to be. And I don't know what happened, but she is just very, very um, free and wild and <laughs> kind of messy, creative, <laughs> creative wildly creative. But yeah. I joke all the time. Cause you know, you're, especially because we're all at home and we work from home. And I recently bought a tiny home and put it in the back of our acre lot for work because I was like, I can't be in the house and working and she's homeschooled and all these different things when, you know, your brain needs that separation and organization, but you're so right. I mean, it's about what we'll remember and it is spending that quality time. And I think for a lot of parents, we get really bogged down with the to do's and the tasks and like, Oh, if I can just clean this up, then, then I'm good. And then I can pay attention instead of taking those moments and being in the, in the present moment with your kids. And, even if you live in a trash can, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I always, I go always
1: kind of get real quiet when, when parents are talking, cause I truly <laughs> like admittedly, like I look, I listen to you guys and, and you know, Rhea and I have, do have these conversations a lot, but it's just so, so impressive, especially with, and I, and I'm curious and not to get us like off the, you know, the, the, that kind of like parenting, like professional overwhelm track. But I'm, I'm curious because, you know, speaking of overwhelm, like in the midst of all this, in the midst of you guys maintaining, your families and being moms and, and, and building a business, you built this business and then you embark on the, the process of writing this book and not only writing this book, but writing this book in a bananas time frame. <laughs> and, and the writing process. I mean, we have like, I have clients who don't have anything else to do, but write. And the process of writing a book is still daunting for them. So can you, I just to give our listenership any insight did either of you guys have any experience or or knowledge in writing or publishing where you kind of knew that was going to be how it was going to be and how did you is it because your moms because your parents that you were able to like process the process of writing in your brains or how did you do it I am blown away.
2: Thank you. Uh, That means a lot. And it's always nice to talk to people that understand what goes into that because there's plenty (laughs) of people are like, oh, cool. You write a book. And I'm like, Uh, no, 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 you don't understand. (laughs) Um, Because we really, I mean, every part of this process, we threw ourselves into that. I mean, I can't Mm -hmm. tell you how many hours I spent researching comparative titles. What does that mean? What do they want? Where can I find? Like, I was, you know, like neck deep in comparative titles for quite a while. Um, (laughs) So all of those pieces that go into it. But I don't know about you, Carissa. I, when I'm busy, when life is busy and we have a lot going on, I am way more productive. It's like the, you know, an object at rest tends to stay at rest. Like Mm. we, and you also, as a parent, you learn to capitalize on those little moments. Like I have 15 minutes, I'm going to knock something out. And that's also my personality. I, I was always that like procrastinator that writes an amazing paper, you know, the night before Like mm, that was yeah. just, <laughs> I needed the clock ticking. So yeah. thankfully personality wise that helped. But when you have an offer like this on the table, that in and of itself is so motivating. Oh, um, yeah. That you know, you just have that boost of, of energy. And you also know that you're doing this for a purpose, exactly. like in the fiction world, that has to be so challenging that you're like, I'm putting my heart and soul into something that I don't know if it's going to see the light of day. Yep. And <laughs> I, I, you know, that's tough. And, um, so to know in the nonfiction world that like, okay, this is going to see the light of day. Yes. Now we just need to make it happen. Is super motivating.
0: That's so amazing. Can you take us through like a typical day? And I mean, I know that you have your site and you guys have been working together, but do you have a typical structure day? Do you follow your own advice? I mean, I know you were talking about breaking into, you know, here's house, here's family, here's work, but can you take us through a typical day, like parenting, working from home, writing, and and how you've done it this past year, and specifically through launching a book
2: as well? So, as you know, every day with kids <laughs> looks different. Yeah, right. That yep. I could sit there and write out my plan for the week, and then somebody throws up at school. Uh huh. And- game over, you know, we're back to the drawing board. So part of it is accepting that every day might look a little bit different. Um, but like Carissa was talking about, it is really helpful for both of us. And I appreciate, you know, she is, she's our, um, you know, camp director, you know, like she's the (laughs) one that she's like, all right, here's the focus, Sherry. Like, you know, no, we're not worrying about all of those things. This is the priority. This is what we need to knock out. And we're able to look at that for the week. So if we get other things done, great. If we feel inspired to go write a chapter of something or write a new article, great. But like, we know what those priorities are Mm. and same applies to the kids that, you know, what do they have coming up? What are those priorities? Um, are they kind of doing okay? But Mm. I mean, it really, really depends on the ages of your kids as well. That I'm my day looks very different than Carissa's because I have two school age children right mm-hmm. now. And in the fall, when we were doing virtual school, my days looked very different than what they do now um, that they're back in school full time. And um, Even in the fall, you know, with virtual school, I had this vision of like, you'll be on your laptop and you'll be on your iPad and I'll sit in the middle with my laptop and we'll all just work together. Well, that didn't happen either. (laughs) They needed help every two seconds with this isn't working. The internet's not working. So I had to scratch that and our days did look different. There were some days where I had a meeting in the morning or had to knock out a project and I worked till one o'clock and then we did school. Um, there were other times where I knew we had stuff to do in the afternoon. So we tried to knock out school in the morning and then shift gears. But it, for me, it took some of the pressure off to like throw out the schedule and just mm-hmm. do what worked for that day. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's also, also great advice and something that, that's another thing that like Rhea and I talk uh, talk a lot about, like when things the, the idea of being adaptable in that way, I think is such an important, it's such an important quality for everyone to have, but for writers as well. And obviously mm-hmm. in talking about your path to publication, you guys so did that too, when they came back with like, hey, write this book in a month. And you guys were like, okay. okay. <laughs> um, okay. But let's uh, quickly just like shifting gears uh, specifically into that book launch while everything else is going on, while you're working, while you're parenting, um, while we're still, the the world is still a mess. uh, Let's talk about how the book launch happened. Um, What did you guys learn? And what did you guys do to promote? What what tactics did you find yourself using that maybe worked particularly well with, uh, with sales?
2: So we launched January 19th, that was pub date the day before Inauguration Day, after we had just made it through Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, right? There wasn't, we knew we didn't have attention in the months leading up to publication date. Mm -hmm. We knew we kind of needed to let everybody regroup. (laughs) And um, it was really great then to refocus and be ready to hit it hard, you know, February, March here and, and continue on. Um, Something we were able to do in February was a virtual event about parenting while working from home. Um, Carissa, I don't know if you want to talk about that at all. Kind of what went into that, what, what the goal was, what we were able to do.
3: Yeah, so um, I actually used to run an events company in Pennsylvania. And so um, Sherry, uh, when we started working on Adore Them, um, she got involved with that with me as well. And we would use Adore Them to help promote our events. So hmm. it was a nice way to blend the companies together. But um, we basically took what we had learned from the events and then tried to build that off and um, do a, a virtual one. So we reached out to a bunch of influencers and um, asked them to create videos that would offer tips to parents around the topic of parenting while working from home, and then asked them to help promote the event as well. And so we just had that February 27th, and um, we had a really nice turnout for that. We were able to offer some fun giveaways to um, our virtual attendees throughout the event, and um, it was a fun way to bring focus to the book as well. Awesome.
0: It's amazing. And I love that, you know, this book, we talk a lot about evergreen topics. And I mean, this is something, it's a subject that will be relevant forever. I mean, I really feel like this isn't a trend. There are always going to be people working and parenting uh, from home as, as we get kind of more remote. Um, and kind of piggybacking off of that, like, how have the two of you built? your author platform while being such busy working moms? Do you credit, you know, your engagement or community coming from your website or what other like tactics or strategies have you done to try to build up that author platform?
2: Something that's been really big for us has been our email subscriber list. Yes. So. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> So really focusing on that. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but social media. We hate social MB. media. <laughs> <laughs> oh my mean, god. You have to be there, right? But No,
0: I just deleted Twitter and I just deleted, I put my last post on Facebook yesterday and I am deleting them one by one. One by one. I'm getting rid yeah. of them. Not- yeah. I Kudos to you. Maybe Carissa, goals, right? Like, exactly, goals, because I hate it. Pants. I mean, everybody says that, but I think we talk a lot about the email newsletter and how important that is and that direct communication and sending people to your website. And I think, you know, that creates stickier content and a real way to communicate directly with your audience. And You know, we pitch clients to to agents and sometimes to editors at publishing houses. And it's the one thing I hear over and over and over again. It's like, oh, no, author platform isn't strong enough. They don't have a hundred thousand followers. And it's just become this norm, which drives me insane. But I feel like there's a, I don't know, just kind of a shift coming as more and more people are, are getting off of social media, getting back to their real lives and putting their energy and attention into places that really matter. Um, so besides your, obviously your website and your newsletter list, like t- do you see a lot of positive effects coming from social media or or, or what, it, I maybe mean, I should ask like, what do you like to do? What's, what's your favorite way to engage with your community?
2: I mean, I, I love the email newsletters. It is yes. such yeah. a fun opportunity to write, to connect, yes. to design something pretty, to actually put together. We we like to do like a, a curated content kind of thing. So I'll pull together articles and printables and different resources um, from our website around a certain topic. So, you know, last weekend it was like, all right, I, let's do youth sports. Like we're heading yeah. into spring <laughs> sports season. Like let's, what do we have on this topic? That's going to be helpful to parents. And it's such a fun way to look at that but it's also rewarding to then see we send out our newsletters on saturday mornings and it's so fun i mean they go out at i think 6:15 in the morning oh, wow. and by the time i'm awake we have this huge spike in traffic oh. and to know that something's working yeah, whereas social cool. media you just spend hours, hours. And it just goes into a black hole. And it's that's
1: such that's so interesting that you say that. I think that's so true. And I think we I think the misconception is that we view social media as having this wider reach, but the point is engagement, right? The point isn't really reach, it's whether or not the people you're reaching are interacting with that piece of content or not. And I I think with social media,
2: you have to do you do more work for less. Social media is like gambling. Like you might hit it big, (laughs) but the email newsletters feels like invest, like we're just Mm -hmm. working our way there. Can I ask you, I really want to like click into the email newsletter a
0: little bit more because we don't talk a ton about that. We talk about how much we, we love it and really feel it's such a good tool for fiction writers and nonfiction writers. But I love that you send yours out on Saturday. I think that's really interesting. And I'm wondering if you did any testing about that, like trying to figure out the right times for your audience, but also what do you do to like, do you constantly see growth in your newsletter or have you tried any tactics that like have
2: really worked well to get people to sign up? So the reason that I tested Saturday mornings was because I noticed my own behavior. Oh my gosh. Yes. Some of my favorite email <laughs> newsletters, I was all of a sudden getting them on Saturdays and guess what? Yeah. I was opening them and reading them. Like it was my Saturday morning Saturday. Yeah. It was <laughs> like, instead of reading the newspaper, I was yeah. doing, not that yes. I ever read the newspaper, but, yeah. <laughs> um, it was that. And I was like, you know what? I'm my own target audience, which is why, you know, it's really helpful for Carissa and I writing things that like, we are our target audience. So I'm like, if I'm doing this, maybe other people are doing this. And it was an instantaneous, um, boost. So that was really interesting. Um, as far as getting people on our list, uh, free printables are, you know, the Mm -hmm. way that we get them there. Um, you have definitely had to up your game because everybody is doing that. So um, and people are getting stingier with their email addresses. So it Charged. definitely has to be something that has a higher perceived value, um, in order to get those signups. But that's, I mean, and, and, love you that. know, among other things, but that's one of our biggest driver of signups. Oh, oh, I, love I love that. I love that.
1: Um, overall, what for, for you both, what do you think is the most challenging aspect of parenting and working from home.
3: Oh,
2: oh. You want to run <laughs> on with that one, Carissa?
3: <laughs> I mean, for me right now in this phase of life, it's, you know, finding the time to dedicate to work. You know, yes. I feel like there are a lot of interruptions throughout the day. But I am I am thankful that with everything happening right now in the world, a lot of people have shifted from this nine to five work time to just more product-based. So they don't know if I'm working on it at six o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock at night. As long as I'm meeting my deadlines, I could be working whenever I could even take a nap with the baby in the afternoon if I wanted to, you know, as long as I'm getting my work done. Um, so, but I think for me right now, especially with having a baby in the house, you know, it's finding those moments and instead of trying to work straight through something, I break it up into chunks of time. So I have a little bit of time in the morning, you know, when he naps, um, I have some time in the afternoon when my husband's done working. If I get everyone to bed and still have more to do, I can jump on at night. Um, if I need to work on the weekends here or there, I can do that as well. So, um, even though it's a challenge, I appreciate that what's happening in the world now has allowed me to adjust my schedule as I need to. Oh,
0: I love that. I mean, I think that's amazing. So what do you think is the best aspect of working from home while parenting? Besides getting sweatpants. To spend- yes, wearing sweatpants. I was going to say, besides getting to spend time with your kids,
2: which is great. But, but yeah, I mean, but yeah. also capitalizing. I mean, yesterday was a gorgeous day here. Yes. So yeah. So being able to take your laptop outside, oh, it's, the it's the best. It's the best. And yeah. having that, I know it, I know a lot of us can get so caught up in the work element where we're working around the clock. Yep. But, that's up to us. We can take those 15 minute breaks here or there. We can walk around the block. We can call a friend or lay down and take a nap or go outside in the middle of the day. So we don't, I think just shifting a little bit that like, you don't need to take an entire day off. You don't need to take even an hour off. Sometimes those little restorative 15 minute chunks of time, can Mm -hmm. really give you a boost to then head into the rest of your day. Mm -hmm. And I think something that we write about in the book as well is when you were working in an office setting, you weren't working the entire time you were three hours of work. (laughs) Yes. So let's be realistic about, about those kind of things that we get frustrated when our kids interrupt us, or we have all these distractions, but when we were in office, your coworkers were constantly popping in or you get phone calls or whatever. So just shifting a little bit, but, um, I appreciate like Carissa writes in the book as well about like finding those little moments for each time of day so like what are those things that you enjoy in the morning like you know do you make a batch of muffins you know over Mm -hmm. the weekend that you get to enjoy each morning Mm -hmm. um you know in the afternoon like do you grab that cozy blanket and and your pet (laughs) and you know snuggle on the couch for a couple (laughs) minutes um do you have a dance party in the evening when your kids come home like what what are those little things um and I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Carissa, but I we have each worked from home for over a decade. So Oh wow. Yeah. That, that was where we were we were doing this before it was a thing, right? <laughs> so Thank we you I'm like always before I'm it was always popular. Always. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Absolutely. But I don't know how I'd go back at this point, but that was uh-huh. also why we <laughs> wanted to write the book. Was it like, "All right, we've learned what works and absolutely. hopefully we can help fellow parents too."
1: So I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I don't have any kids. <laughs> um, I don't know if we've talked about this yet, but I'm just curious, um, you know. And I thought it was just—I thought it was interesting before that you said, like, you know, we were—we are the target audience for this book. But but we also mentioned before that there's stuff in this book for people who maybe are 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 now working from home, or maybe have 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 been working from home and are finding some kind of lack of productivity, or or whatever. Can I ask you both if there's anything that you would say to someone like me about, first of all, parenting, second of all, working from home, and maybe third of all, a combination of the two?
2: Oh, boy. So Ah. the parenting element... Uh, you're just going to have to find out for yourself. (laughs) Don't you threaten me. Don't you threaten me. I don't, I don't know. I, I will say, I feel like there's been an appreciation for family life that maybe had not been there previously, that even people who do not have kids, they're, they're getting to see firsthand, you know, what that looks like when you, when a parent has to spend 24 seven with their kids. Mm Um, And it's been really validating to have that be a bigger part of the conversation. Um, As far as the work from home element, the productivity element can be really tough. But I know in my life, if I'm not being productive, I need to kind of look at that and say, Do I not really care about this? Like Mm -hmm. usually if I'm passionate about something, productivity Mm -hmm. is not an issue. And I understand a lot of people are in a position where they just kind of have to do the busy work, right? You just have to check the boxes, make the money, you know, move on. Um, But how how can we find the purpose in that? And if you are lucky enough to be, you know, running your own business or doing some freelance stuff or whatever that looks like, you know, making sure, just like we were talking about with social media, like, why are we wasting our time exactly. on the things that, you know, when we can, you you can go write a book with that time. Right? Can I tell
0: you, we just read, there's a, a, an amazing writer named Alexandra Franzen, and she has built her business without social media and her writing career as well. And the average person is said to spend six years of their life on social media at this point. And I mean, it's just 144 minutes a day, just minimum. And when you think of what, yeah, what you could do with that time, it's,
2: I mean, it's a no brainer. Like we gotta,
0: we gotta shift some
2: things (laughs) for sure. Carissa, do you have any productivity tips?
3: Oh, I don't know. Um, I thought you (laughs) did a really good job there. (laughs) Um, I, I will say one thing, um, that we keep getting asked in other, um, groups as well is about the mom guilt, you know, and how do you deal with that? And just kind of looping back to like all the interruptions and how challenging it really can be to work from home. Sherry, um, a while ago, uh, told me something that she writes about in the book that was just a really game changer for me. Um, she said to look at your kids as little coworkers, oh. you know, and just back to the thing of, you know, your coworkers were always interrupting you. Sure. Their requests were different than, you know, getting help in the bathroom or finding their favorite snack or whatever it is, but, um, just accepting that, you know, um, wherever you work, no matter what situation you're in, you're going to have interruptions and, mm-hmm. um, when you're at home with your kids, you know, just embracing those moments and enjoying those, um, those little breaks with them. I think for me, it released a lot of that guilt for not being able to just sit at my computer and work straight through, which in reality, people aren't doing in the office either. Um,
1: yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> I, I
3: think, um, also kind of touching on what Sherry mentioned before, just for, for me, I know that you know, because I only have these chunks of time to work throughout the day, I need to make sure that I'm always doing what's going to move the needle the most, you know, what is the biggest priority? And I just staying laser focused. And, um, I write out a list, Each week, um, usually on Mondays when Sherry and I talk, we kind of set our plans for the week. You know, what are the things that have to get done this week? And we divide out responsibilities, but having that list. And then I have a second list of other things I would like to work on. You Mm -hmm. know, if they get done, it's a bonus. It's great. If not, it's okay as well. But Having that list allows for, okay, I have 15 minutes, so I have to run to the school and pick up the other kids and the baby's napping. What can I knock out real quick? Instead of just picking up my phone and going through social media or doing something, yes, famous, yes. I have that list already there. And um, sometimes I think the, the pressure of trying to figure out what to do with your time before you know it, you know, 20 minutes have gone past, but by having that list, it keeps me really, um, laser focused for the week. And, you know, like Sherry said, things can pop up and change. And before you know it, you know, the week has gone anything but planned, but, um, I try to, I try to stay as organized as possible because that way, when things do get a little crazy, it's easier to rein it back in and get back on track.
0: A hundred percent. And do you, are the two of you going to be collaborating on another book or do you have anything in the works? I mean, I know this is, was also fast, but have you, I don't know, have you been bitten by the author bug? Like, do you want to write something else? Oh yeah. That's the yeah. goal. I <laughs> mean,
2: awesome. that, awesome. that was the goal going into this that yeah. sometimes we'll get asked like, well, did you consider self-publishing or like, what made you want to go this direction? And as you guys know, I mean, even the process of getting an agent is so taxing and takes so much time and energy, but so I will often recommend to people, if you feel like you just have that one book in you that you need to get out into the world, maybe this isn't the route, but we are so grateful to have signed with someone through our literary agent that we love working with, that the goal is that we have that partnership moving forward. And, um, yes, (laughs) yes, <laughs> we yeah. have, we have other ideas and, and things that we're excited, but this is what we want to do. You know, yeah. that was mm-hmm. from early on, like you mentioned, it was like, we need to build this platform one to help fellow parents and fulfill a need, but two, we need to build this platform so we can write books for the yes. rest of our life. Yes. Um. And since we put so much time and effort into this process, it's going to be a little bit easier from here on out that it's not going to be our first book next time. We kind of know what to expect. We know what to highlight. We, you know, I'm sure there will be things thrown into it and every situation will be different, but we're able to reuse a lot of the work that we did to get to this point.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, we like to end... Every episode with a little lightning round of questions, um, if you're if you're both into it. So for each question, uh, each of you just like whatever off the top of your head, uh, the first answer off the top of your head. So uh, are, are you guys are are you game for the lightning round? <laughs> We're yeah. game.
2: All right. Excellent. All
0: right. Um, best moment as a published author.
2: Ooh, we had our book highlighted on Good Day LA. <gasps> Um, yes. which like seeing that oh, just felt so official. It's amazing. What about you, Carissa?
3: I would say seeing it on a bookstore shelf. Yes. That was uh, a huge yeah. moment for me.
1: What is the most important thing that you have both learned on your path to publication?
2: You care about your book more than anybody else. Oh,
0: Yes. <laughs>
3: That's exactly what I was thinking.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. on, I need that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite thing to do when not working or parenting?
2: Read. Yes. That's a that's a very authory answer, right? I love <laughs> it though. And and Netflix. Yes.
3: <laughs> I um we moved to Charleston uh two and a half years ago. So I'm I still feel like I'm in vacation mode. So for me, it's to get out and explore. I love to go check out new places.
1: What's one thing you wish all writers knew?
2: Just get started that we wouldn't be where we are if we didn't take those chances. I can't tell you how many people told us your platform's not big enough. You're not ready. You don't have Mm -hmm. enough connections. It's not going to happen. Just self-publish. I mean, but this is what we wanted. And we were like, Mm -hmm. why not try for it? And if it doesn't work out, then we can go revisit backup plans, but yes, just go for it. Mm -hmm. Such great advice.
3: I think just the dedication that it takes, you know, it's not easy. So there's going to be a lot of roadblocks and a lot of times too, that you need to even pivot, um, you know, just like the book we pitched, they wanted something different. (laughs) So, um, I think just staying flexible and determined
0: a hundred
2: percent. What's one thing you wish all parents knew? That it's not parents versus kids, that you guys together are a family and everybody has their own individual strengths and weaknesses, but that you can come together as a team and figure out how to, especially right now, when your house is business and school and, you know, another business and a trash can, right? (laughs) How do we come together? What matters to us? And like, do any of us care that our house is a trash can right now? Eh, Maybe not particularly. So we have other focuses. Um, but yeah, that. that you can work together.
3: I think just accepting the challenges with each phase, you know, it's really easy to get um frustrated when you have a lot of little humans around you asking for help <laughs> with so many different things um, or leaving fingerprints everywhere. <laughs> yeah. um, But just trying to enjoy it. I can't believe that my oldest is 12 already. I feel like I blinked and that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm trying to be very intentional that when the eight month old is crying and having a fussy hard day because he's teething, I'm trying to just enjoy the challenges in it because he won't be this little for much longer.
1: Mm. Love that. What is one thing you wish all kids knew?
2: Ooh. That their parents are human too yes um, yes and excuse me i'm just like choking over here oh
0: are you
1: okay I was trying to take to a sip of water
2: on yeah. a podcast, actually i'm <laughs> like oh no i almost like <laughs> oh, spewed God. water over the microphone but we're we're good um yeah that like we make mistakes we're just trying to figure this out and it's important that we show them like i think at least for me personally for a while, I would try to be like, they can't see me upset. They can't see me angry. They can't whatever. And it's like, well, that's not super healthy if I'm directing that or putting that on them. Sure. But I'm human. I get sad too. I get angry too. And I think it's actually really important that they
3: can see that. Yeah, completely that's a really good one, Sherry. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Maybe I should write a book. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs>
3: Um, I, I think to just, um, you know, I want my kids to know that they're my number one priority. But with that said, I also have to work to help pay the bills to be able to afford the things that we have. And I used to carry a little bit of guilt when they would come home from school and see me on the computer. <clears throat> and now, um, you know, with having to, teach them at home and, you know, all of the stuff that the spring brought us. Um, I've tried to be more intentional with sharing with them what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that when I started to do that, how excited they got for me, um, with different projects I was working on, or even with the book, you know, they were, they were asking a lot of questions that, you know, where we were at in the process. Um, so I, yeah. It, I, I can't imagine for kids now, like watching us as parents trying to juggle it all, but um, mm. yeah, hopefully they realize we're human too, just trying to figure it out.
2: Absolutely. What do you want your legacy to be? I think that was something that was so special about this book was that I just felt such a calm working on this project that it felt like this is where we need to be. This is what I want to do. Um, and it felt like that, that pressure and that, like, you know, what I need to achieve. I need more. I need more. Um, it all just quieted and I was like, okay, this is it. I'm able to share what I'm passionate about, help other people and do it all from, you know, the, my couch, if I want to, um, like it was, I hope, you know, that, that this and future books get to be my legacy. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. I hope this book and future books is, is our legacy. Um, But my goal in all of it is, is truly to help other parents find that joy in their parenting journey. I think a lot of parents are, are stressed and overwhelmed and it's totally understandable, but I, I. I try in the midst of all the chaos to find those moments and just truly treasure them with my children. And I just want to help other families be able to find those moments and enjoy them just as much.
1: I love that. How do you stay
2: balanced?
3: Um, Zooming out, you know,
2: while we were writing this book, there was not balance, I was I was we were writing a book in a short time span. Like there was no I ignored my husband, my kids played a ton of video games. Yep. There there was no balance. Um but if I look at the bigger picture, after that really intense period of time, we were able to tune back in and you know, spend that quality time with them and fulfill everybody's needs. So balance for me does not happen in a 24 hour period. I am very project minded. So there are different seasons of life that are really dedicated to work. And then there are seasons of life where that takes a little bit of a backseat and we just maintain and tune back into our family. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I, I totally agree with what Sherry said. I mean, you know, we worked really hard to get the book out. Um, you know, to our publisher, and then they ran with it for a while, and then we waited a couple of months while it was getting printed. And so, um, I think you know, shifting the focus then from work was our priority for so many days to then we could make the family and the house and our friends even you know more of a priority um, for a period of time there. And now we're in book launch mode, and it's back to you know working a lot and trying to book as many opportunities as we can. So um, it. It goes through phases, but I think like Sherry said, zooming out and looking at it as a longer chunk of time, um, it, it balances out in the end. Absolutely. Um, wine or beer. Or <laughs> wine? <laughs>
2: Um, I do not like beer. So I'm going to go with wine. Although my husband always makes fun of me because he will be like, what do you have? That's as close to grape juice as possible. Like <laughs> that's hilarious. I want it sweet. And I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm weird like that. Absolutely.
3: Uh, I am actually a whiskey girl. Whiskey? Oh, oh nice. yeah. Why
2: don't we have that on here?
1: That's yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Uh, fiction or nonfiction?
2: So obviously, I prefer to write nonfiction. Mm-hmm. I, um, my, so have you heard of aphantasia? Where, no. No. so you don't have a mind's eye. So I, when you, people say, like, oh, I can picture that, mm-hmm. I kind of thought that they were, talking about that metaphorically, like I didn't realize people could actually visualize things. So if you tell me to think of an apple, I'll think of an apple and its characteristics, but I'm not seeing an apple. Um, Whoa. Yeah. So like having that realization was kind of crazy, but that also, I am not a good descriptive writer Mm -hmm. because I can't picture that to, to put that down on paper. So nonfiction is my writing. That being said, psychological thrillers got me through the pandemic. There like I yeah. read, I devoured <laughs> book yeah. after book. Yes. Um, Cause it was like, all right, well, things are bad but at least my neighbor's not a serial killer. Like <laughs>
3: Exactly, exactly, it can
2: always be worse. <laughs> always be worse.
3: That's funny. I've been reading a lot of memoirs lately. Oh, awesome. awesome. And then she rec- recommends them to me
2: and they're all gut-wrenching. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Oh, memoirs, but amazing. Yeah. So tough. Um, best
0: book you read in 2020?
2: Mm. I really on that similar theme. I really liked The Wives by Taryn oh. Fisher. Oh my God, I oh. love Taryn Fisher. I just got her new one and I'm so excited. Oh, really, really good. I think I've only read two of hers so far, but, but I'm hooked. Yes, she's amazing.
3: I think for me personally, um, Educated was one that just- Oh yeah, great book. Yeah, that was my favorite one in the last year.
1: What types of writing would you like to see more of in the world?
3: I think there's a huge opportunity
2: for that middle grade uh, fiction type stuff. I mean, maybe that's just because I'm biased, but um, I have a 10-year-old son who he loves to read. But only Mm. very specific things. Um, You know, he doesn't want anything too scary or he likes things that are funny, but humor is so subjective. And, um, you know, anytime we can find a series that hits home for him, he will read them, you know, five, six times. So I just feel like there's such a need for that that age range where they want something that's still easy and fun to read. Exactly. Um, Where I think that, that, that range, like they make that leap where just because they can read something just like we still sometimes read young adult, right. Uh That sometimes it's fun to just read something that's easy to read completely.
3: I totally agree with Sherry. I'm going through that right now with my 12 year old and even a little bit, my nine year old.
0: Definitely. I'm, I'm the same. My daughter's almost nine and yeah, it's in that weird, weird pocket of, of I, I, we've They're actually, like, yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know what she needs, but she, there needs to be like a new, <laughs> a new segment almost, I think for that age group, it'd be amazing. Um, be amazing. Who's one author
2: everyone should read? Oh, John Ronson. Mm. I, Love his approach to—he finds fascinating topics. I think the first one I read from him was um, the Psychopath Test. Is that what cool. it was called? Love that. Um, yeah, where so he's like an investigative journalist essentially, but he's hilarious and writes it. You forget that you're reading about something that actually happened. It oh. feels like a fictional world because he finds these little segments of society that are just mind-blowing. Uh,
1: hmm. Awesome.
3: Um, I, I'm kind of blanking now because I've been spending the last eight months reading baby blogs on how to have a, <laughs> <laughs> a baby again. Who's <laughs>
1: your favorite baby blogger?
3: I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm just, I'm constantly Googling stuff. My, um, our fourth one has been the most wonderful surprise blessing. Um, but my, he's seven years behind our next youngest. So I feel like I'm back in, um, I'm, I'm starting over again. Oh,
1: amazing. Um, Sherry, Carissa, thank you so much for talking to us today. We really appreciate it. And we'll include uh, links to websites and everything uh, in the show notes. So is there anything else you maybe want our listeners to know? Or where can they find out more about you guys or your amazing book, um, Parenting While Working From Home?
2: Well, thank you for having us. This was a blast. And awesome. you can head to adore them Um, Find us there. You're welcome to reach out to us directly through their sign up for that email newsletter. Um, and our book is available from all major retailers. So whether you want to order that online or check in with your local bookstore, go check in. And uh, if they don't have it, tell them they should order it. Yes. Absolutely.
0: Thank you both so much. It was such a pleasure. I feel much uh, calmer and ready to tackle working from home while parenting my lovely (laughs) daughter. (laughs) (laughs) That's the goal. Yes. Thank you both.
1: Hey, thanks again for listening to the Right Way Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment, and help us continue to deliver the content you want and need.
0: for more information about RightWay, visit rightwayco.com to get more info on all our editorial and developmental services. And sign up for our weekly newsletter, where we'll be sharing exclusive content, access to digital courses, and offering proprietary
2: resources for aspiring and established writers.